0: Welcome to Horror Bites on Safer, the show where we highlight short indie horror games and the people who make them. I am down to my last bullet, and the fetid reek of the dead grows ever closer to my juicy flesh, and joining me as always is a man who'd want to be stuck in a maze, with Jay Krieger. Hey, hey. This week we'll be navigating mind-breaking tunnels in search of escape from all the spookiness, and then we're making a final stand against the undead. These games can be found on Itch.io, and if you play them and enjoy them, you know, Go out there, give the developers a few coins, or maybe even just follow their project. So Jay, you have got us stuck in an underground maze. I do, with my
1: pick Lost Below from developer Mr. Conqueror, much like last week. That's a fantastic developer name. Uh, And in Lost Below, it's a body cam style horror game set in an underground prison that has more than a few sinister surprises up its sleeve. So... I would equate this game to one that you had picked months ago, um, where it's, I think it was just called Labyrinth or something, where you're running through this concrete labyrinth and you find Mm. some kind of ritual or something. And I would say that Lost Below is very much a more realized version of that type of experience. Because this, if you were to get it down to the bare bones, it is very much a labyrinth style experience, but... In terms of the art direction, I think that it's really a standout in that regard because each of the main sections that you're exploring has their own art style to them. They have their own aesthetic and they have their own puzzles that are kind of adhered to the various aesthetics that are sort of dividing each of those areas. So you begin and you're in this prison that's kind of -of run-of-the-mill prison. And then you see like, oh, there's more of this sort of like Uh, medieval torture devices that are spread out everywhere. And then you find yourself in a library that is very much uh, maze oriented. And then you find yourself in kind of like a Lucio Fulci sort of dream sequence at the very end of this thing. And I was really appreciative of the fact that this game went the extra step in giving these zones or these areas, their own sort of identity and personality. Cause it makes the game feel far bigger than it actually is. I think. Yeah. This is a game that probably takes 15 to 20 minutes when you factor in the puzzles or whatnot, but it feels like just a larger experience than that because of the various art styles and everything. Um, And I was a fan of the fact that, you know, this is a game that has jump scares in it, Mm. but I was of the opinion that the jump scares were paced well enough that I didn't care that they are very kind of the run of the mill sort of, cheap if you will if that's how some people would characterize them they're very sort of rudimentary jump scares but they're few and far between i think there's maybe four or five in this entire experience yeah and for my money they're paced well enough between those areas that i didn't feel like it was just a jump scare fest where i was like oh okay something will jump around this corner in 30 seconds it'll be something else it felt like oh no they have the wherewithal to be like okay have a jump scare in this area, and then you have a puzzle. So it feels like it's breaking up the experience um, a little bit more. One thing that I will say about this, I don't necessarily know that the body cam sort of perception of it or POV, like I don't know how much that really adds to this experience other than when you have to find like there's a puzzle early on where you need to find these symbols and there's like pieces of paper scattered throughout I mean, you can zoom in on them because of the body cam. It's easier to see them and whatnot, but I don't necessarily know that you needed that aspect of it. Like it doesn't really, if anything, you know, we've talked about found footage films a lot, you and I both on and off the podcast. And one of the sticking points of found footage has always been like, does the film itself justify the inclusion of the Mm -hmm. format? I wouldn't say necessarily Lost Below justifies the use of the body cam and whatnot, but If anything, I'm more impressed with, I think, the environment that the game is set in. Um, And I thought that the puzzles were, you know, they're not the most complex, but there's a level of complexity there that I like to see because it proves that a developer is able to kind of have an implementation of a variety of styles, whether that be the aesthetic of environments or the puzzles Mm. themselves. So like the first puzzle is, you know, you have to find these symbols and find the order that they go in to make this elevator move and then you have to find switches in this maze. And then later on, you know, you come to like these basically different colored lights, and you have to learn the pattern based on the environment. So there was this kind of gradually growing complexity to puzzles, whether it be the environments are making a puzzle itself more difficult, or vice versa, in that you need to really study the sort of environment that might be simplistic. But studying the pattern that's there within. Hmm. Um, So in that regard, I was pretty impressed with um, lost below and it's juggling of scares and, and puzzles. Cause I'll be honest, there was one or two jump scares that like legitimately got me Hmm. uh, in a way that I find that so few of these experiences do, because typically, you know, the jump scares are um, preceded by a loud shriek or a noise or something like that. And with this, it's not to that degree. So, If anything, they're jump scares that sometimes you could even miss them if you're not looking at them when you're in an area. And that happened with one of them where, you know, I'm going through the library. I was kind of backpedaling while looking in the opposite direction. And when I turned around, I kind of saw this creature scurry behind (laughs) a shelf of books. And it legitimately got me in a way that um, I was appreciative of because, you know, we're always looking for those jump scares that actually hit the mark and, uh, you know, raise the uh, pulse, if you will. Yeah. I I guess the only other thing I would say is that, I was impressed with the sound design as well because I mentioned that there's multiple environment types and each of the environments, I'm pretty sure, have their own uh, sound design, the sort of pitter-patter of your feet. Like there's a section uh, later on when you basically are running through a sewer system and you have a unique sound to your footsteps in the sewer. So again, when you're talking about this small experience, to see that much sort of, I suppose, foresight into like, okay we're not only going to make these environments look differently, but the players interaction in the environments is going to be different based on the sections that they're in. Um, so yeah, I'm really curious though, how you found this one. Cause like I said, it was, it felt like a game that you had picked previously was like a stepping stone almost for something yeah. such as this.
0: Yeah, it, it does. Definitely. There's a lot of, um, detail and thought that's gone into the structure of this game and, you know, the illusion of, uh, Sides is definitely one of the best factors of it where it makes you feel like you said like you're playing something bigger and more intimidating you know from the off uh, it's a feeling the game has throughout its playtime you know you have these constant moments of feeling like how far away am i how far away it's that great thing in horror where you know a two-second run across a dark corridor can feel like an attorney sort of thing you know it's that it encapsulated in a game i think um and you talk about those jump scares i think one of the best things a jump scare can do is not be the ones that just have things leaping at you that's the, that's generally what i would call a cheap jump scare because they're the ones that get used the most by people who don't understand how they should work you know um here you know one of the earliest examples is um, when you're sort of getting introduced to the whole elevator system it's literally again one of those ones you can miss is just looking and then just seeing a figure just standing in the gap just before the doors close, like that and you know that caught me off guard is like shit like that, like that because just standing there you know like that and going to reference what you were talking about earlier you know just stuff that you just see nothing that's coming towards you it's just the hint of something and the anticipation that something is going to happen you know it builds up attention. And I think the way the puzzles work in this and the sound design especially, I think you remember that first elevator puzzle, you know, with the symbols and things like that, like that, and you hear like running footsteps at uh, different points like that, and it just makes you freeze. You're like, shit. And it, it, yeah, when I got to that door, I, I didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, oh, so, you know, i obviously got to go back and double check something. And that kind of fills you with a dread because you've heard the footsteps. Does that mean it's going to come for me? Is is it out there like that? Now, the body cam thing, as you said, I mean, (laughs) structurally, narratively, whatever you want to call it, maybe it doesn't make sense, but I think it's very much a style choice in terms of how it presents it because I think the way this game works in terms of perspective with that sort of fisheye-ish lends to it and how slow you feel you know a lot of the time it it kind of narrows you down to a point that first person doesn't normally and i don't know gives a bit more vulnerability i think you feel like you you really have to swing around to see something you know and you don't want to have to put that much effort into looking around to see what you don't want to see you know that's it's not like you just accidentally flick a stick it's a concerted effort to really make that turn so i think there it works on that level you know i think even if you can't think of a cohesive reason why it's, it should be integrated into the game and that i think and part of me does just look at it and go you know we've seen a couple of games show up where in recent memory where where body cams are like the thing and like oh that's a popular thing now because of those mainly because those games got realistic i think was the thing but they're not you know you can already look at them and go well they're not going to be anything are they no they are just showcases for graphical detail not anything special like that and yeah, you know, but that's the thing of it is isn't it you are going to see people look at trends and go i'd like to kind of integrate that into my game somehow and like doesn't sometimes that's without rhyme or reason, and you know I think that is somewhat the case here. But at the same time, I think it's been well implemented, all the same. So yeah, I I, I like that about it. And if this sort of compact experience, I, I think it it could easily be expanded, you know, and be something greater, have a bit more narrative sense to it. Um, but you know, as this little slice, yeah great stuff I, I think you could do very little else with this um and you know and not sell the point like, yeah this thing really does sell the point perfectly in that time makes itself feel big isn't big but you still had that feeling afterwards where it just felt like an eternity trying to get through different things not in the bad way you know just in that sort of dread way where you you get to certain games where you have those sections you dread not because they're bad but you you hate going through them because of how they make you feel uncomfortable and yeah you know, that had that you know in, in a small experience that's great you know Alien Isolation we always talk about as a great example of like you know, it's a long enough game as it is but most of it's long because you spend so much of your time creeping by as slow as possible yeah. and every fibre of your being wants you to move faster but at the same time you're like I know what happens if I do right so yeah. <laughs> like uh, you know I get myself in a bad situation. So yeah, it, it, it's good. I think that it's done that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's a, again, as ever, a good start. So, But before we go to our second pick, we will uh, take one of those suitably short breaks. Welcome back. Uh, we are on to our second game of the week and it is a survival shooter with an interesting twist. Uh, Shane Murphy 52's Research and Dismemberment you as the last survivor of a zombie outbreak. Problem is, uh, you're already gravely wounded and have just a few bullets left in your revolver. So, how many zombies can you take with you before the chamber clicks empty and you wish you'd eaten a bullet sandwich? That's it, isn't it, really, with this game? It is that simple. You are playing from a first-person perspective in a low-poly sort of game, and... You basically, it's a high score attack game uh, is the best way to put it. You have those bullets and that is it. Once they are gone, the zombies, they're always coming. You, you're going to die. That's it. It's it got a lovely finality to it in that sense. And uh, I'll get into why that's brilliant in a, in a minute. But it's an interesting one to start with. You know, you see the zombies coming from different from like basically three different areas, corridor off to the right, left and in front of you. There are very obvious red gas canisters to use as explosives and there's little things about the environment you get to learn as you replay and like that and I don't know about you but you know, the first time I played it, you nil know, Nilpois was definitely the yeah. the, uh, <laughs> the score yeah. I got there Um, so I have to go into my slight early criticism with this one is I'm so used to aiming a gun like that in a certain way and the aiming point being where it is wasn't the case with this gun you know the aiming point is the barrel you know really rather than the, the sight and so that that does lead to some loss but but once you kind of acclimatize to that and and it, you do kind of get the gist of it and you do get more and more creative it's like a really really micro immersive sim in a way that you are just trying to find different ways to use what little you have to maximize you know, your kill count before you you yourself get killed, and that's a really cool concept. Really, when I thought, about, you know, last week we were talking about you know having a gun in a game like you know these small games, and how empowering it is, and yet you can turn that on its head. But it's very true again here. You know, it turns it on its head. You you have the power of a bunch of bullets. You can take out some, but from the off, you are given the knowledge that. That's all you got. You're going to die, whatever happens. Why not take out as many as you can? You know, and, uh, you know, like I said, if you were being coldly logical about it, the first thing you'd say is, well, five for them, one for me, sort of thing, you know, sort of situation. But the gaming side of it takes your head over a bit. You're like, yeah, but I want to see how many I can feasibly take out with just these bullets. Because you're first thinking, well, At maximum, it's six, you know, it must be six like that. And of course, the more you play it, the more you understand that you can maximize that a bit. If your timing's right, there seems to be a slight procedural nature to order the zombies come out in, you know, because sometimes two will come from one area, then one will come from another like that, and then they'll be in different positions the next time you play. So you can't, it's not, you're not remembering a pattern, so to speak, and it really does sort of play into that whole idea of survival in a very subversive way, in the fact that you are just surviving for a little bit like that for no reason. So yeah, I think concept alone makes this a really fascinating case, you know, and um, something that is basically a score attack game, but is also slightly immersive, sim-like, also very survival horror but done in something that can last you all of 20 seconds before you game over, really. Yeah, I, I'm very intrigued by it. Frustrated by it occasionally to begin with, but I, I really did love the gall of what has been made here. How about you? This very much felt like, sort of like a Resident Evil minigame,
1: if you yeah. will. Where you're basically playing as an umbrella scientist that's been abandoned by their co-workers and left for dead, and you kind of have to try to take as many with you before you yourself check out. Uh, Yeah, like you said, I guess the only criticism I have of it is the aiming leaves a little bit to be desired, but you get a handle on that pretty quickly. You know, the first three times you die after killing maybe one zombie or something. Get it, get that kind of in line, and then you get a sense of, you know, how slow reloading is. Um, That's one of those things where you're kind of like, okay, I have to be able to perfectly judge the distance of them Um, Because, you know, while it feels like the first few waves, it's kind of pre-prescribed as where they're going to be coming from and what numbers. Once you get past that, it starts to throw you different multipliers from the different angles. And I would say that it does a great job of just having this very simplistic environment. But as you said, you know, there's some levels of strategy to these things where there's different gas tanks and different... Um, the background and the foreground of certain hallways and whatnot and you really do have to decide whether or not oh am i gonna try to get one of them because i've got one bullet and i know how slow reloading is and use it on a gas tank or do i wait until there's a group that type of uh, usual predicament that you have with these types of arcade score attack games yeah and then what i also liked was that once you get to a certain point which is I think maybe you go through like three or five waves of them. Mm -hmm. The lights go down and you have to rely on the sort of backup emergency generators, which is a simple thing, but it adds a great deal of tension to what's happening to the degree that, you know, the first time it happened, what did I do? Like what I do in real life, I panicked and I fired off a bunch of rounds and I maybe had three of them hit. And then I fucked myself because of how slow the reload is Mm -hmm. when they get closer and closer. And so that was a nice way to increase the difficulty But have it be an environmental challenge rather than being, well, now let's just throw 10 zombies at you Mm. or something like that. Because the game doesn't support that. So it was nice to see levels of challenge that did not feel like they were artificially difficult. You know, it's more challenging because your vision is obscured based on the lights going down. But at the same time, like if you stay true to the mechanics that you are slowly beginning to master it's on the player to like, you need to bring your A game and you need to be able to judge the distance and when to pull off those shots. So I didn't burn out on this as quickly as I thought I was going to be, as I do sometimes with score attack type games. And it's like, okay, I get the gist of this. I think I'm done. I actually was coming back to it to try to improve my score. And, you know, not to say I got a great score. I think I got like 35 at the end of the day or 40 or something. But, you know, that was after maybe 30 minutes with this of just trying to, you know, master the gunplay getting a kind of a beat on the ways in which the environment shifts and changes throughout the further you get. Um, But you know, it was funny that you only have that revolver, but then I think, you know, halfway from where your guy is kind of leaning against the ground to then one of the stairwells, there's like an M sixty machine gun that's just like leaning up against something, I was like, motherfucker, if I could grab if I could yeah, crawl and lo- grab that, the score would be multiplied by ten. <laughs> yeah, I love that
0: very tantalizing sort of tease you get in that opening where it is just there hanging by and it's like if I yeah, just like you said, if I could just get there, that would be amazing. that's a, a wonderful little piece of visual design there, just to sort of mock the player, so to speak, in that way. Yeah. So yeah, I I'm very much into this seemingly growing way of having a bit more combat based stuff in smaller games like this um, and using it the way that it's being used as well where it's not traditional ordinary stuff you know guns are in games f- so much <laughs> so when you have anything that kind of takes away from that a bit you know, and really taps into what was always great about survival horror to begin with which is like yeah you have these weapons but there's a limitation to them and they're not really going to be your final solution for everything like you will have to think on your feet and do different things, so yeah, that that to me keeps the spirit of survival horror quite alive in a way that you know we only recently discussed with like Amnesia: The Bunker, you know, where it's like the you know introducing a gun to that series for the first time, I think has probably kick-started the idea again, yeah, you know, of having combat be a big thing, you know, without it being like the thing you know, in in these horror games, yeah. You know, Fictional could well kickstart that uh, again, so that's good. I'm, I'm glad. um I suppose we'll wrap things up now. But uh, if you are a developer of an indie horror game, demo, concept, or game jam entry, we love to hear from you. Drop us a DM at SaferingPod on the thing that was Twitter, or better yet, go to saferingpod at gmail.com for the email if you'd like to be highlighted or interviewed on the show or you can indeed head to the other not Twitter that we have which is at horrorbytes underscore SR Jay pleasure as always we will see you all next week in the meantime we'll keep searching for